Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well Rested Podcast, episode number 69, Lose Weight in Your Sleep. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. What if I told you all you had to do to lose weight was just sleep? Sounds too good to be true? In this week's episode, I'll take a look into whether sleeping will actually help you achieve a more ideal body weight. For decades, there's been an unhealthy obsession with body image, weight status, fad diets, yo-yo dieting, trends, hacks, schemes, celebrity endorsements, and more, mostly reinforcing an unhealthy relationship with our bodies and how we nourish them. When it comes to weight, like nearly all things, moderation is key. There are optimally healthy weights and excessive risks associated with both too low and too high weight the data is too overwhelming to be ignored. This episode is not meant to shame or pressure you, dear listener, into doing or not doing any one thing when it comes to your body, but rather I want to provide some background on the role that sleep plays in how our bodies maintain or don't maintain their own weight. So you can take this information into account, whether you are trying to keep the scale where it is, to lose weight, or trying to gain back to a particular weight level. This information has been around for decades, but you may have seen a recent study making headlines in the news media, a study about losing weight in your sleep, just by sleeping. The study was published online first in early February in JAMA Internal Medicine, a high-quality academic journal by a team from the University of Chicago. It was a randomized controlled trial, so a high degree of evidence. The researchers randomized 80 adults, about half of them were males, ages 21 to 40 years old, who were overweight and trying to lose weight. Overweight here specifically calculated using a body mass index between 25 and 29. So no teens or children, no middle-aged or older adults, and no one classified as obese, which is a BMI greater than 30 kilograms per meter squared. They also couldn't be taking any medicine for cholesterol or blood pressure, nor any medication that could affect their sleep. And a key is that all the participants prior to the trial were intentionally sleep-depriving themselves purposefully curtailing their sleep to less than six and a half hours per night on average. And not just based on self-reported sleep time. During the screening process, subjects wore wrist actigraphy to confirm objective sleep duration and had a full one-night sleep study, the polysomnogram, in order to ensure participants didn't have sleep-disordered breathing, which would exclude them from going any further in the trial. All participants were asked to continue their usual daily activities at home with no recommendations or interventions for diet or physical activity. For the control group, that's all they got. The intervention group underwent two weeks of sleep extension in an effort to gradually expand their time in bed to eight and a half hours, similar to what we discussed as the second half of sleep restriction therapy back in episode 64, 
gradually expanding the time in bed to allow sufficient opportunity for sleep. Compared to sleep restriction therapy, however, in this study there was no effort to reduce the time in bed or improve sleep efficiency first. But since time in bed was short to begin with, they just skipped right to the sleep extension part. The participants in the intervention group had a structured interview going over key sleep hygiene habits, something I talk about a lot here, and in greater depth in the first 15 or so episodes. They were then provided specific individualized recommendations on how to go about extending their time in bed over the course of the next two weeks. Halfway through, one week into the sleep extension effort, subjects in the intervention group met a second time with the research staff, received even more guided personal feedback about the first week and how to bolster them for the second week of extension. All the while, participants continued to wear sleep trackers, FDA-approved actigraphy watches discussed back in episode 38. All participants had their energy intake and expenditure tracked using a technique called doubly labeled water, basically tracking changes in heavy water, molecules of H2O with extra neutrons in the hydrogen and oxygen, creating radioisotopes that can be measured and tracked by fancy X-ray techniques. The participants had modem-enabled scales that sent data directly to the researchers, but did not reveal the weight to the subjects themselves. Metabolic rates were also calculated using calorimetry and a standardized meal. Looking just at their sleep, the intervention was a success. The participants on average increased sleep time by about 72 minutes, with similar extensions during both weekdays and weekends. That's nearly eight and a half hours extra sleep per week after just two weeks of making adjustments. It's like getting a whole extra big night of sleep every single week. In terms of metabolism, they saw that the control group actually increased energy intake by about 115 kilocalories a day, whereas in the sleep extension group, calorie intake dropped from baseline by over 155 kilocalories a day. That's an intergroup difference of over 270 calories per day on average. In fact, for each one hour of increased sleep duration, there was a decrease in energy intake by 162 kilocalories per day. Meanwhile, energy expenditure was no different between the two groups. No one group was burning more calories than the other across the study period. No change in output, but a difference in energy input means that compared to the control group, those who extended their sleep lost two pounds extra across the two weeks. Again, with no diet recommendations or physical activity changes. Just by sleeping more, subjects lost a pound a week. And if that doesn't sound impressive, just one pound, that is exactly the pace that most would recommend for real, sustainable weight loss efforts. Not something flashy and unsustainable, or just fooled into losing water weight only, just to gain it all back, but the slow, steady, gradual, healthy pace of about one pound per week. And no, there's no difference in baseline diet between the two groups, and there was no change in the results when taking into account menstrual cycles either. So a very impressive proof of concept. In a highly selected group of young adults with no other major health issues or taking medications, who are overweight but not obese, and are getting an average of 6 hours of objective sleep at baseline, adding another hour and 10, hour and 50 minutes of extra sleep per night does result in weight loss. And not just mysterious weight loss from who knows where. Not weight loss because getting more sleep meant that they had more energy to exercise during the day. Not at all. There was no change in energy expenditure across the two-week study period between the two groups. Rather, the weight loss resulted from changes in the input. Getting more sleep was associated with consuming fewer calories, 270 fewer calories per day compared to the control group. This goes back to what we talked about in episode 64, that when we are sleep-deprived compared to a rested state, there are all sorts of alterations in our relationship with food. 
When we're sleep deprived, the appetite hormone called ghrelin increases to a greater extent. And the satiation hormone, leptin, that signals when you've had enough, that hormone is suppressed. We have a more emotional reaction to food. Seeing food and hearing about or talking about food makes our amygdalas light up more, likely a pathway that increases more emotional eating as a maladaptive coping strategy. Sleep deprivation makes us act more impulsively, not just in general, but particularly act impulsively in the presence of food. Sleep deprivation makes us eat larger portions at meals and more snacks. And sleep deprivation makes us eat more carbs and unhealthy fats. So when we're not getting enough sleep, our relationship with food changes. Food makes us more emotional, more impulsive, we feel hungrier, and less likely to feel satisfied after eating enough, all of which leads to us eating more overall, and not just more quantity of food, but a different quality of food as well. More carbs, more unhealthy fats compared to when we're getting enough sleep. And this study from last month drives this point home further. Not only does experimentally shortening someone's sleep lead to unhealthy changes in our relationship to food and thus our eating habits, but now we see that experimentally lengthening sleep duration back into the normal range leads to less eating, fewer calories, which translated into rapid weight loss in just two weeks. And again, it's not like these subjects immediately started sleeping an extra hour on night one, but took two weeks to get there. So for the majority of these two weeks of sleep extension, subjects were likely getting less than that ultimate extra hour of sleep. So imagine what it would look like in the long run. There's a lot more to say about sleep and weight, which we'll get into in a future episode, but just as a teaser, a very active area of research in this field is not just about the duration of sleep, but particularly about timing. Timing of sleep, yes, and the importance of keeping a consistent sleep-wake schedule, but also timing of meals and the optimal circadian timing of calorie intake and how that can significantly impact weight, like the notion of extended overnight fast, or just shrinking the window of time of day when you do consume calories. So stay tuned for that. So in summary, you may have seen the clickbait headlines last month about a recently published study. Can you actually lose weight just by sleeping? The simple answer is yes, but with a lot of caveats. First, in clinical trials, patient selection makes a huge difference. And in this study, they were young, otherwise healthy, and overweight but not obese. Furthermore, their sleep was screened with a fine-tooth comb, ensuring that their sleep duration was inadequate on average, looking from a longer time horizon, but at the same time, that no other sleep disorders were present when taking a microscopic detailed view. This led to 62% of patients that were screened for the study being rejected. But yet, when otherwise healthy individuals with no sleep issues, other than not getting enough of it, when they were provided detailed, personalized instruction and repeated feedback, they were able to prolong their sleep by over an hour each night after just two weeks, and as a result, lose weight. When they slept more, they consumed fewer calories, all the while burning no more and no fewer calories during the day. But that caloric deficit over 160 calories per day for each additional hour of nightly sleep, that translated into weight difference of about 2 pounds over just 2 weeks. Not dramatic, but right on target. Will an intervention work for people with less than ideal health? It's hard to say. What about those who are not just overweight but have a BMI in the obesity range? Not sure. What about adults who are middle-aged or older? That's not clear. What about individuals who already achieve sleep durations within the normal range? What room for improvement is there? Can sleep be extended further? What about just improving sleep efficiency or just sleep quality? That we don't know. But what is clear is that at the most fundamental levels of metabolism, sleep plays a key role. And I won't be surprised to see many of these questions answered in the near future given the pace of advancement in this area. If you haven't already, go check out wellrestedmd.com day where you can get a special download, a totally free cheat sheet, 
In this day of the life of the well-rested download, you'll find examples and timing of several morning and evening routines, the evidence-based best practices for wakeful days and restful nights. So head over to wellrestedmd.com day to see these best practices in action. Be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Leave a review. Head over to wellrestedmd.com for more information, including the option to sign up for email updates. And don't forget to drop me a voicemail with your questions about sleep. Thanks for listening.